the nature of money is going to change quite dramatically. The old systems of, uh, of trust and of ownership uh, will have to adapt radically. Maybe the financial system will become so complicated as AI takes over more and more uh, of the action that nobody, it will be just too complicated for the human mind. So how does a system function when nobody, no human, really understands it? Maybe the ultimate destiny of Homo sapiens is just be consumers. You don't need humans for anything except as consumers. There are many occasions in history when uh, people didn't value very much other people as consumers. If you think about slave economies, so you didn't think, oh, we should, we should uh, uh, liberate all the slaves and improve their conditions so that they will buy our products. Uh, and in the future, slavery is, is unlikely to return. If, if you need less humans, you definitely don't need slaves. But you could, for example, encounter a situation in which machines are also the consumers. You need consumers, but they, even, even in consumption, somebody is doing a better job than humans. You could have an entire economy flourishing without humans in the loop. You can have one corporation that mines ore and produces steel and sells it to a second corporation that produces robots. And they are sold back to the mining corporation uh, that mines more steel, more, more iron, produces steel, sell it to the robots corporation. And these two corporations can form an entire economic ecosystem which can spread from planet Earth to other planets and throughout the galaxy, just colonizing new planets and asteroids to mine things. And you just don't need humans in the loop. It's not a law of nature that you always need humans even as consumers, or all the humans as consumers. They, there could be, potentially, other consumers out there. Now the question arises, but what's the point? What's the point of having this closed circle economy that benefits nobody outside? But you can ask the same thing about the human economy. You could have sophisticated economies in the future in which humans, or at least many humans, are not needed even as consumers. I think it's specifically about Europe, is how few people are willing to kill or be killed for uh, nationalism, which is a wonderful development, don't, don't get me wrong. Um, a century or two ago, to decide the question, like whether Britain should be part of a, of a European Union or, a, or an allegedly independent country, you would need a big war with millions of people being killed and injured and so forth. Uh, as far as I know, in, the, in Brexit, only one person lost their life, a British MP who was murdered by some fanatic. And the rest of the people just followed whatever the, the, the referendum said. And it's the same with the Scottish referendum. In past century, if Scotland wanted to be independent of London, and they wanted to, to be independent a couple of times, they needed to raise an army and to confront the, the, the armies that London would send from the south to burn Edinburgh down. Now they just got a referendum, and almost everybody just accepts the results. Very few people are willing to actually be killed or to kill. The three biggest problems we face are nuclear war, climate change, and technological disruption. And none of these 
problems can be solved on the level of a single nation. We just can't solve climate change or regulate AI on the level of a single nation. So the only solution to these global problems is greater global cooperation. Whether we actually see greater global cooperation, I don't know. It's the wise thing to do, but we should never underestimate human stupidity. The most important fact about living in the 21st century is that we are becoming hackable animals. And you have these two components. The animals come from biology and from biotech, and the, and the hacking comes from infotech and from computers. Mm -hmm. But for almost any change that people talk about today, you need to take biology into account. Even something like a self-driving car. For a self-driving car, on, a, on the road, it's important to first be able to tell the difference between a child and an adult, to gouge the, the, the age of that human being, and to know something about what's the difference in behavior between an 80-year-old, an 18-year-old, and an 80-year-old person. And that's critical even for something like self-driving car. When you reach the point when you say, okay, I want an AI doctor, I want an AI teacher to replace or augment uh, human doctors and human teachers, then it's obvious that without biotech, you are not going to get very far. Do you think there could be such a thing as an AI doctor? Certainly. I think it will be, uh, it, it's coming quite soon. It will have immense benefits for, for humans. You go around 24 hours a day with biometric sensors on or inside your body, and they constantly send information. So you're monitored. Hmm? From, you are monitored. You are monitored all the, all the time. The, the information goes to an AI doctor, maybe on your smartphone or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, uh, analyzes all this stream of information and monitors your health in a way which no human doctor can can, can even approach. <laughs> As far as, as biology tells us today, anger and fear and depression, they are also biochemical processes, biochemical patterns, just like flu or cancer. If the AI can diagnose flu, it can also diagnose anger. And the fact that it doesn't have any emotions of its own actually makes it in, in, in many situations much better because it has no distractions. People will become so used to computers that are so empathic, that really understand me so deeply, that really care about my tiniest nuance of, of emotion, that humans will not be able to compete. We will become intolerable to all these humans who don't understand us the way that the computers understand us. Yeah.